What are you in it for? On this Holy Thursday night, when we commemorate, as I said at the beginning of Mass, the institution of the priesthood and the Holy Eucharist, that's a very important question to focus on. Because you see, it's the question that every ordained priest must answer sooner or later. And every priest does answer it sooner or later. What are you in it for? Now the answer should be obvious, right? It should be relatively easy. A priest should be in it for Jesus. A priest should be in it, in the priesthood, for the salvation of souls. He should be in it to serve, to wash the feet of his brothers and sisters, to use that image of today's gospel. He should be in it to lead people to heaven by his sacramental ministry, by his ministry of preaching the Holy Word of God. But not every priest is. And it's important to be honest about that reality. Unfortunately, some priests are in it for other reasons, and it's always been that way. Some of you will recall the story of Father Stephen Shire, which I told in a homily on Holy Thursday night several years ago. I'll recount it again now. The event happened on October 18, 1985, which was just a few days after I was ordained a priest. Ancient history, right? Father Shire was traveling from Wichita, Kansas, back to his parish in Fredonia, Kansas, when he was involved in a terrible car accident, a head-on collision with a pickup truck. And knowing that part of the country, I'm sure it was a high-speed collision. At the moment of impact, he was thrown from his vehicle. The entire right side of his scalp was taken off, and he broke his neck at the second cervical vertebrae, what doctors commonly refer to as the hangman's break, for obvious reasons. The doctors who took care of him at the hospital gave him a 15% chance of survival. But the amazing thing is he recovered in record time, and he was released in early December of that year. But what's most noteworthy about Father Stephen Shire's story is the near-death experience he had immediately after his accident. Now, I know near-death experiences are controversial, some can be imaginary, but I think there's a lot of merit to this one. He says that after he was thrown from his car, he found himself standing before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And even though he had been a very popular priest during his 12 years of ministry, his sentence from Jesus at that moment was hell. He says that the Lord took him through his entire life and showed him, among other things, how he had failed in his priestly service, how he had watered down the gospel when he preached it, when he taught it, how he had neglected his own prayer life and the condition of his own soul, how he had failed to deny himself, how he had failed to sacrifice himself for others, how he had failed to wash the feet of his brothers and sisters. And Father Shire says that all he could say to Jesus when this was happening was, Yes, Lord, I know. 
great insight there about judgment. We think the Lord's going to reveal all these things. No, he's going to reveal what we already know deep down inside. See, Father Shire could offer no excuses because he was in the presence of truth. The truth. And that's the way it was when he heard that final sentence. He responded, yes, Lord, I know. I know this is what I deserve. And it was at that moment that he heard a woman's voice say, Son, will you please spare his life and his eternal soul? The Lord reportedly replied, Mother, he's been a priest for 12 years for himself and not for me. Let him reap the punishment he deserves. But she said, son, if we give him special graces and strengths, then let's see what happens, if it bears fruit. If not, your will be done. There was a very short pause after which Jesus reportedly said, Mother, he's yours. Needless to say, Father Stephen Shire has been a very different priest since that day back in 1985. He's been a priest for 12 years for himself. Those last two words say it all. See, Father Stephen Shire was in it. He was in the priesthood, really, for his own self-glorification. And boy, that can easily happen. Can easily happen. And deep down inside, you see, my brothers and sisters, he knew it. He knew it was true, as we all know that truth deep down in ourselves, in our hearts. Thankfully, Father Shire was given the chance to get in it for different reasons, for the right reasons. Self-glorification is just one possible reason, one possible bad reason to enter the priesthood. But you know what? It's not the only one. Some might do it for power. After all, when you become a pastor, you do get to be the boss. <laughs> or maybe I should say you get to think you're the boss. <laughs> the reality may be something different. Some might get in it for financial gain, believe it or not. No, it's true. We priests don't make lots of money. But you know what? Our needs are taken care of quite well by a lot of good people. Thank you very much. God bless you. Some might do it for the good education we are blessed to receive in our Formative, formative years, getting ready for ordained ministry, and sometimes even afterward. Some might do it for affirmation or for fame, or because they want to be bishops someday. Lord knows why anyone would want to be a bishop, actually. Those poor men have incredible headaches, difficulties to deal with. But it can happen. Some, believe it or not, might enter the priesthood to try to change it. This has happened, especially in recent decades, to refashion it and to refashion the church according to their own personal ideas and preferences. After the scandals of 2002, it became clear that a few men have even entered the priesthood over the years for the most despicable of reasons, to have access to children. One interesting question to ask on Holy Thursday night is, why did Judas do it? 
Why did Judas Iscariot say yes to the call of Jesus to be his apostle and eventually one of his first priests? Was it to betray our Lord when the right opportunity presented itself? That's a possibility. Was it to undermine the work of Jesus from the inside? You know, very often enemies on the inside do far more damage than enemies from the outside. Was it for financial gain? We know he had a tendency to dip his hand into the apostolic purse now and again. Was it because he thought Jesus would someday make him important and famous and powerful on earth? We don't know for sure. Perhaps he started off with very good intentions. That could be. But regardless of how he began, we know how he ended up. He ended up in it for the worst of reasons. And you know, there's a warning there for every priest. I don't care how good he might be at the present moment. But it wasn't only Judas who had to struggle with less than noble motives for following Jesus. How about some of the other? How about James and John? We're told that at one point during the Lord's ministry, they came up to him, came up to Jesus, and boldly requested the best seats in the house, in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, see to it that we sit, one at your right side and the other at your left. Was that the reason why they were in it? And then we have the first pope, Simon Peter, who said at one point to Jesus, Look, Lord, we have put everything aside to follow you. What can we expect from it? Was he in it only because of what he would get out of it? Well, thankfully, James, John, Peter, and all the other apostles, with the exception of Judas, ended up being in it for the right reasons, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, for the best of reasons, for Jesus and for the salvation of souls. But early on, it does seem that their motives were somewhat mixed. This is why, whenever we talk about the priesthood, we need to focus our attention first and foremost and primarily on Jesus Christ himself. It is the priesthood of Jesus Christ that I and Father Judas and so many others are blessed to share in. We are blessed. Make no doubt about it. And Jesus was the great high priest. He was the perfect priest who was always in it for the right reasons from the very beginning, from the get-go. Think, for example, of how Satan tempted him right at the beginning of his ministry, after his 40 days in the desert. What did he say to Jesus? In effect, he said, Jesus, look, I know you're in this to save the world and those pesky little human beings that you love so much. I think you're deluded about that. We angels are much greater than they are. But anyway, that's another story. But let me show you a better way. Why don't you get in it for fame? I mean, throw yourself down from that top part of the temple there. People will say, wow, the angels caught the guy. You'll be famous. You'll be famous. Or why don't you get in it for pleasure? Change these stones into bread. Aren't you hungry? Don't you want a little relief from those hunger pangs in your gut right now after 40 days in this heat? In this destitution? Come on, satisfy your hunger. Get a little pleasure. Why don't you get in it for power? 
Don't you know? I can help you run every country on this earth. I have the power and I give it to anyone to whom I choose to give it. That may have been the one time where Satan was speaking the truth. Those temptations were all attempts to try to get Jesus to change the mission the Father had given him. The mission to offer himself in sacrifice for your sins, my sins, for the sins of the world. They were temptations, in other words, against his priesthood. Jesus, praise God, resisted. He always resisted. Even at that last moment that we commemorate tonight in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before he died. Jesus Christ knew what he was in it for. And he never wavered in that commitment. Not for a second, not for a split second, or a half a second, or a millisecond. My brothers and sisters, please pray for me. And pray for all priests. I am sincere about that. Please pray that we will all be more like Jesus Christ, the great and the perfect high priest. Pray in a special way for those who are in it right now, who are in the priesthood, for the wrong reasons. That's the best thing that you can do for your priests, for sure. But you know what? It's also the best thing you can all do for yourselves. Because when your priests are in it for the right reasons, for Jesus and for the salvation of souls, you all benefit. And you benefit eternally.